This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's the Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow. You've already heard the dulcet tones of Jonathan Kidd oh, of the Chelsea Fancast. I was just doing a bit of the song. It's wonderful. Thank you. And we've got a special guest in the studio as well. It's a pleasure to be joined by Oliver Harbord, Chelsea correspondent for Football.London. Can I just say, we are not worthy. We are not worthy, and we have, as a result, got the inside line. Oliver, I've got to put you on the spot. Right. Is Lampard happening? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's still, I <laughs> still, it's still, yeah. I mean, look, it's it's obviously pretty frustrating, and the longer it goes on, the more doubts there are. But it's still, he's still by far the number one contender. There's no real other names getting thrown into the hat at the moment. Um, it's just a matter of time until it gets done. Uh, but you know, it's good to see Czech at least back. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, well, that was because that was set up for ages. How did that leak out? That's what I never understood. How did the fact that Czech was going to be the director of football before they played? They played Arsenal in the Europa League. That seemed a very strange piece of business. Did somebody leak it, or was it? Well, I think it was always an obvious connection. Obviously, because oh, of course, of course. Uh, but, you know, but bizarre because he... he was the goalkeeper, and then of course the <clears throat> Arsenal fans are all asking for his head and saying that he's yeah, going to deliberately yeah. throw the ball into the net when he was actually he... the best player of the pitch. With some fantastic saves. In yeah, yours, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no. Look, I, all these things uh, happen in the in the darkness, if you like, J.K. To put it one way. Uh, but no, I think it was an obvious obvious choice. Really, I think I think it's a. A really sensible decision. I'm sure we'll come on to it a bit more later on. But has yes. he got no pretensions to be a coach? Do you know, or uh, or involved in any other way? I mean, I know he's a he's a bright guy, and there's obviously yeah. that kind of role would suit him down to the ground because he speaks several languages, yeah. doesn't he? I well, don't know so. exactly what his future plans are. You have to say, but I think that as an interim move, almost as an interim move. I mean, he can do this sort of at the time of taking his badges as well at the same time, and, and I think it's just a great move to get him back involved in. In it's not going to be this, quite the same as Michael Emanalo was, but it's great to have him sort of around the club. 
Ollie, I know you've been writing on this a lot this week. The job title, in theory, is New Technical mm. and Performance Advisor. Yep. Are they being quite careful not to use the word director? Yeah, I think so. I think, look, we're talking about a guy who's just come, you know, just retired. He's only just hung up his boots. Uh, we're now hang up his hat exactly yeah <laughs> hang up the hat gloves boots it's all come off um but no and i think that in this in this time obviously with the transfer ban still looming as well nobody's really asking him expecting him to do much on the transfer basis because they can't do so i think it's a good move for him to to be there now where he can get his feet under the table a little bit and they were very clear in their statement actually more clear than they've ever been about what his role would be in the fact that they want him to have this link between the academy the loanies the players that are there at the moment on the pitch. And I think now when you do have this sort of period of transition that's going to happen this season with no players coming in and they're going to have to use some of the likes... Is, is that definitely happening? Because they haven't objected, they haven't... Um, at the moment, uh, at the moment, the moment it's, it's still going on. Obviously, it's a very complicated situation, but at the moment they've appealed to the Court of right. Arbitration for Sport to have it overturned or reduced. But as it stands, they still haven't applied to have it frozen or stayed, as they call, for the summer. So at the moment, they can't register any new players as it stands. Are we going to see the youngsters come through? Even with all of this spiel about Czech, are they really going to start using them next season? Well, they have to use some of them. They absolutely have to use some of them. I mean, the likes of Mason Mount's got a very good chance. Obviously, Tammy Abraham as well, because it looks very much like Gonzalo Higuain is not going to be extended. Um, I as hope not. Well, as Sari said, he, he, you know, he, he basically said on his press conference uh, Juventus midweek that Higuain did not enjoy his time in England, which was pretty clear to see, I think, for <laughs> I don't everyone. I think the Chelsea fans no. enjoyed it either. He celebrated well, though, didn't he, when they won the well, Europa League? You wouldn't yeah, have thought he absolutely. Was, didn't look as if he wasn't enjoying it. For a guy who hardly it. contributed to the whole yeah, Europa League yeah, campaign. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, I think that they're going to have to use some of these guys. There's no doubt about it. Just to fill the squad, really, for, to, to make sure, you know, you are competing on four competitions and they're going to hope to at least win one of them if they can. But they're what about... Morata, Bakayako and uh, um, Batshuayi. Is there, is there any thought with them? Yeah, no, I think or? I think Morata's burnt his bridges as well, hasn't he? He's made it perfectly yeah, clear that he, he wants, wants to stay. Absolutely. His was an eighteen-month loan deal as well, so he's you know unless uh-huh. Chelsea recall him, which I would find very unlikely. Um, Bakayoko, he said he wants to be in contention. Yes. His agent said he wants to be in contention, contention, but you know Lampard is not. I don't think a massive fan of Bakayoko, particularly from what I understand. So it Are might... any of them a massive fan? <laughs> well, well, we're, you know, we're certainly not massive it's fans. It's interesting, isn't it? Because he had a great year at Monaco. He had a, he had a decent season at AC Milan as well. Yeah. You know, once he settled, he really played well for them. He was never, you know, Sarri never took to him at all. He was never the style of player well, that Sarri, Sarri never wanted. took to Zuma either. Well, exactly. And, so, and, you know, they're everybody you know, saying, oh, Zuma's going to be back. And you think, well, how many centre-halves do Chelsea actually need? They've got, um, um, what's his name, from Derby to... Uh, Tamori. Tamori. Yeah, yeah. And he's a decent player. And, and also Sol- worked with Lampard as well. And Clark Salter. Yeah. I mean, very, got, very decent I actually, player. I actually did something on this. They had, they had about nine, nine players out on loan to centre-backs. You know, you look at Callas... Miazga is oh, another God, one. Yeah, uh, yeah, Josh yeah. Grant, who's a Hector. bit younger. Michael Hector, oh, Sheffield dear. Wednesday. And Sheffield Wednesday they liked buy, him. Why did they well? have all these players? <laughs> why are they so, so convinced that centre half is going to be the, the centre half is going to be the area that they need to strengthen? Uh, well, I mean, but then this year, you know, with Cahill going, they will need at least one to come in. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I think that as we were talking about all these loanies, all the youngsters, they're going to have to use a few of them. But then what about all the under-21s, the under-23s, I should mm. say, who are all doing wonderfully well? Not one of them has come into contention, and they're clearly top players. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the under-23s is an interesting one at Chelsea because actually a lot of them are, are still under-19s, under-18s, under-19s, because yeah. a lot of the under-23s at Chelsea are out on loan. They're all yeah, you know, course, getting course, senior football. That's generally how it works there. So, 
you know, are there any of those in contention right now that have been playing in the, you know, the UEFA Youth League final that got to the UEFA Youth League indeed, final? Indeed, indeed. Ah, probably not right now. I'd say that a lot of them would go out on loan. But the three boys who were the substitutes in the Europa League final, they, are they all, they're all part of that lot, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. So the likes of Conor Gallagher, George yeah, McEachran. Well, yeah. McEachran's contract actually runs out, and I believe that they have offered him a new one, but at the moment he hasn't signed. Uh, Conor Gallagher, who was the Academy Player of the Year, fantastic player. I, I've seen him a few times this year, and I think he's got something really about him. Well, um, what position does he play? He's a central midfielder as well. He sort of plays in a... You know, in, in the three, he would play slightly further forward. In a, in a, George, in a possible Jorginho this round, if Jorginho doesn't go, of <laughs> yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think that, you know, for him, he's not played any senior football apart from the Checker Trade Trophy. So I think for him, it'd be a good opportunity to go out on loan and, and get his chance somewhere. Um, and then Billy Gilmore, another youngster as well, Scottish uh, under yeah, 21, I think yeah, he's played yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, they've got some, they've got some greatly talented players. They've got some players. fabulous players who, of course, in 1964 would have been given the opportunity to all play in the first team and would <laughs> all become stars. And then, well, I would. That's, <laughs> that's what's the slight dilemma about this. Yeah, and they'd all get in and we'd all be saying, God, they're great stars, aren't yeah. they? Wow, look at them. And they'd all play for England yeah. or Scotland yeah. and, well, I mean, and Wales. It's, you know, it's, it's obviously they, there's so much talent there but it's just yeah. whoever you know if it is Lampard yeah. who we think yeah. it obviously will be with Morris yeah I would expect so yeah. I think that would be part of the, the negotiations the yeah. and again you know another player who knows all these guys really really well from his time as the under 18s head coach you know quadruple winning head coach for the under 18s he, he knows these guys as well as anybody so yeah. if he's going to get the best out of Mount and Abraham and Reese James and the like then there's going to be some if we are dealing with a Lampard-Czech duo, how important is it that basically two of Abramovich's mates are running the club? That's a, that, I mean, that's quite an interesting question, actually. That's one of those things I've seen floating around on social media. This, you know, is will Czech just be a bit of a yes man? Because there was there was some of that with Emanala as well floating around. Because Emanala was, you know, Abramovich's mate as well in a lot of ways, and. But they have to be stronger than that. I guess it, the deal is, I guess, that Abramovich will trust them to go in the right direction. And what I like about the Czech appointment is, is since Emanalo's left and during Emanalo's time as well, there was just a real short-termism over, over transfers. And, you know, a manager would say, I want this guy because he fits this position. And then the next manager comes in and goes, I don't want I don't him. Want him yeah. You know, you look at Zappacosta, for example. You look oh, at bizarre. Danny Drinkwater, for example. Yeah, Bakayoko is yeah. another one as yeah, well, you know. Yeah. These guys. The drink water is drink water is, is the the Bogard of, of, of our days. You <laughs> yeah, know? and Bogard was only on forty thousand a week, yeah. whereas uh, drink water is apparently on a hundred a week. Yeah, isn't he's, he? he's, I mean, he's uh, enjoying. I don't, what I don't understand is that he was a decent player for Leicester, mm. and he should have been given. Well, perhaps he didn't do anything doing training. We don't know. Perhaps well, he was. He was. He was you know, he turned up. Back. He was there. <laughs> he yeah, that's true. Up. That's true. You know, but uh, we knew about Sarri as well that when he came and he, he made this quite clear that he had a focus on about 15 players yeah. and that those guys that were out of that picture, they were never likely to get into no, the, no, that no. picture. You know, the likes of Drinkwater, the same with Moses as well, Cahill, another one. But interestingly, um, Zappacosta actually started playing better towards the end of the season. Yeah. Um, well, with, he came with on. That setup, he did. Where, against Eintracht. Yeah. And he cleared one off the line yeah. and made a couple of decent yeah. efforts. He actually yeah. looked like a, the a player a, that you that we want thought to you have. wanted him to have. Well, the player that he possibly was in the very first game yeah, when absolutely. he scored from practically the halfway yeah, line. Against Carabag, yeah, yeah, when yeah. everyone thought, who yeah. is this guy? Yeah. What kind of responsibility would Czech have for transfers? I, I think at first it's not going to be quite as strong as, as an Emanalo was. I think that, you know, his, his job in, in the meantime, in the first sort of year or so especially if this transfer ban stays for the whole year 
is to be more of a, a guy looking at what's going on on the pitch and then taking that to the board, but not, you know, he doesn't have the final say. Emanalo was a guy that you know, he'd be all, in all the pictures and sort of with the shirt and the new players and all that. And it's always been Granovskaya's ground, that the transfers and dealing with the negotiations. You know, Czech will obviously have his say on the way he thinks things should go. He'll obviously work very closely with the head coach. He'll work quite closely with the board as well. But when it comes to the actual nitty gritty on who they go for, that will probably, for the meantime, for now, until he gets more experience under his belt in that sort of side of things, that I think it will still be more sort of based around the board. Interesting stuff. Have they needed this kind of intermediary, do you think? Is, the, is, it, is it the fact there's been some kind of dislocation between the players and uh, and the board or the manager? Is, it, is he an intermediary between the manager and the board so he yeah, can get uh, ideas that he can receive stuff that perhaps the manager is misinterpreting? Or Well, I, I think so. And also I think it stops that idea, as I said before, about this idea of a manager saying, I want a guy for this position. Yeah, but without yeah, looking yeah. at the, the bigger yeah, picture of yeah. things and without a guy saying, well, actually, we can use this guy we have for a bit a bit like Loftus-Cheek, for example. You know, he went on loan to Crystal Palace. Where they he played very in... well, according to the Palace fans I no, spoke exactly. to, who said he was completely brilliant. And yet they brought in Bakayoko and Drinkwater for yeah. 40 million quid each or yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. And, and you're thinking, well, that's money down the drain. I think that's the point of Czech as well. To, the same as that, because the people were saying, why did they buy him when they had Aina? And they put a centenary match to win. Exactly. Maybe he's now been purchased by. by yeah, by exactly. Trina, and course, and he had a very good season, yeah, and, and only for ten million euros as yeah. well, which this day yeah. and age is nothing, nothing for a yeah. guy that age as well. Mm. So, yeah, I think actually for for Czech, I think it is part of that being in that intermediate as well. Mm, well, could it be a new era? Could we see the kids involved? And could it be Lampard? It sounds like it will be <laughs> coming up. Is he going to get a chance? This. Is Love Sport. It's the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow, Jonathan Kidd of Chelsea Fancast, and of course, Oliver Harbord, Chelsea correspondent for Football.London, who's not messing around. He says Lampard is going to happen, but Oliver, when it happens, how much time is he going to get? How much patience? I mean, <laughs> I'd, li- I'd like to say a good five years, but I think we all realistically know that that might not be the case. Um, I think if there's any manager that's going to get the job, I think it'll be, for a longer term, it'll be Lampard. He's, he's the best looking out of all the he's candidates, the, yeah. which is very relevant. Would you and describe he, him as dishy? Uh, yeah, I would, I would. In, he's in, got in a kind better of, looking. Can I say, yeah, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a kind of bloke's way here, I'm not appreciating him. It doesn't have to be a, a bloke's way. No, it, yeah, no, it doesn't, it doesn't. I know in this modern day and age, but just, you know, <laughs> I felt, you know, felt to, to add that, I'm not, I'm not fancying him, that's okay. what I'd like to say. Okay. And fun, funny enough, I could fancy him, it wouldn't make any difference. So I don't know why. Yeah, I fancy him. No, I don't. I don't. I don't fancy him. But um, uh, yeah, because I think that um, the last manager suffered from several problems. Not being good looking uh, enough. Not being good looking enough. Not being English. Um, <laughs> not being able to communicate properly. Um, uh, being Not shaving enough. Uh, wearing his glasses on top of his head, um, which apparently you're not supposed to do. Um, uh, being Not being passionate enough. You're just uh, describing me at the moment. And is that you? Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think it's very, for the rest of us, it's very ordinary. But um, uh, can I just go on about sorry for a moment? Because I just honestly feel the very fact that he's been appointed um, manager of Juventus speaks mm. volumes for the kind of manager he actually is. And uh, I reckon, because I love the, the fact that he said that Hazard got in the way of his plans, mm. which I thought was pretty obvious. Mm. If you watched any of the patterns, you thought... Hazard doesn't work the, the way he wants to play. And I reckon if this season, if he'd be given an opportunity, I think he'd have got it 
better. It would have been better because mm. he'd also have had a striker because, let's be honest, every striker he had, Higuain, was a disaster beyond belief. I, the worst, that, that really was scraping the bottom of the barrel, having a bloke wandering around, not running mm. ever, was the most bizarre transfer, well, the um, loan, whatever it was. And before that, similarly, Maratta going into complete meltdown, having been pretty good the season before for a period before he was injured. So... I felt he had all the cards stacked against him. But I felt that subsequently, Twitter has just come from Facebook, of the people I look at, melted down with hatred for Surrey in a way. Mm. Like even the show last week, which I thought was ridiculous to have two people who I know are anti-Surrey, but when I'm with them on the show, they never exhibit the same amount of vitriol and hatred for him we, that, that spewed out you last ca- week. You came on the show and offered a rebuttal. Yeah, but no, after six minutes, it then carried on. You know, I was, <laughs> I was, you couldn't get my signal. You know, I was just bemused. I had then to go out. I had to do something. That's one of the. I was half reasons, expecting yeah. to see you banging on the window. You know, I felt like through. it. The way things were going. Well, no, let's try and be. Let's try and have a have an objectivity about this. Let's not try and get involved with a complete. I don't know. A, of dismissal of his skills. He was trying to do something and it didn't work very well. He was always trying to find a pattern going on. He was always looking at the games thinking, what exactly is he trying to do here? He made some terrible errors and he made some ridiculous errors in games that... I don't know whether he knew that everybody will say they don't know nothing about it. One of the other things against him was the fact that he hadn't played professional football, which everybody then, then says he's not good enough. He's a banker. But what did, does he know about did it? Did Jose play professional football to uh, any level of any No, no, of course too. he didn't. But he was a winner. That's the difference. Oh. And they would say he hasn't won anything, poor, you know, sorry, he hasn't won anything. He's never done People anything. People won't say the same thing about Lampard oh. and his management, will they? I oh. mean, he's won everything oh, as a player, but, uh, yeah. you know, he's not, a general yeah. novice. Obviously, yeah. we know well, We can segue back into Lampard here beautifully. <laughs> beautifully, no, no, actually. No, no, but with the Sari stuff as well, Obviously, I think that for me, it was a couple of things. It was obviously the stubbornness on the pitch at times. Absolutely. Well, the ludicrousness in the Man United game at the very end of not putting another striker on and substituting... Yeah. Um, right back who was it uh, as, well, it wasn't as pretty you put in the middle he brought Zappacosta on yes, yeah, and you just yeah. you could see the the hatred in yeah, the fans yeah, eyes absolutely. the consequence and of I th- that but I think that the, also the, the lack of connection with the fans that's that's the thing mm. that killed him really and I also think this is why Chelsea are moving slightly towards this direction of, of bringing legends back yeah, you do know, you, the, do the you think of... that they've responded to the fans do you yeah. think this is really a, I think part a, what of it they, is to yeah, do yeah, that because they yeah, were really because they responded to Benitez being involved weren't they they didn't realise the the um, the opprobrium that he was, mm. he was, he was I mean, suffering from. Also, because as well, the Chelsea board wouldn't wouldn't have appreciated just how it would have reacted. The Chelsea fans would have reacted because if you looked at him at Napoli, you know, you don't have to talk about his football. The Napoli fans loved it. Oh, completely. They loved everything about him. They yeah. now absolutely hate him. Obviously, yeah. now this move yeah. to Juventus, he's yeah. probably done the worst thing when it comes to that. Yeah. But you know, that connection with the fans—that was one thing I couldn't, I could never understand. You know, as a as a guy coming into the English football in the first in your first year, you know, get that connection connection yeah. with the fans. You yeah. lose four 0 to Bournemouth, right? It was rubbish. It was absolutely awful. Go over to the fans and take whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Applaud them. You know, whatever. Yeah, it just never happened. No, he was a PR disaster. Mm. That was one of the things I felt. But I almost felt the club should have advised him in that way. Yeah. I don't. They might have done, but again, you know, he was stubborn he on the pitch. Might have been stubborn with them. Well, just so, said, I know what know, I want to do. Know, yeah, yeah, good point, good point. Ollie, um, you obviously saw him in his press conferences every week. What was your perception of Sarri as a bloke? Well, he, firstly, he hated press conference, really. <laughs> was you know, it was just you. Yeah, well, no, it wasn't just me, yeah. No, but I mean, like, he, you know, he would strike up a, a couple of relationships with the, the journalists in the sense of, you know, during it with good bits of banter and stuff like that. He was also, you know, as a, as a journalist, he also gave very good lines. He wasn't dry at any time. He'd, he'd say what he's, you know, what he felt. He would call out his players at times. I remember he called out... 
uh, Kante specifically for the Tottenham after the Tottenham defeat, the first defeat they had um, so at he was Wembley. Too far forward. Yeah, so he was too. too you know, forward, not, yeah. you know, he he no player was untouched really, uh, which was a nice. You know, it was quite refreshing. I think you know the one thing that obviously is a little bit frustrating is is towards the end of the season and you know he's sort of saying I love the Premier League I love England I love you know I want to move you know if I'm going to move anywhere I'd like to stay in the Premier League and then he's saying that sort of a week before the Europa League final and then two days after the Europa League final he's saying actually I want to go because Juventus are up you know interested in him that sort of thing obviously gets quite frustrating but as a bloke he you know he generally seems you know quite pleasant generally you know he seemed like a nice as I said he was happy to have jokes with with people and you know a little bit of ab libs during the press conferences and saying what he what he felt and he just didn't like them I think that's the one thing he also couldn't get to grips with you know in Italy you have these sporting directors who would say everything especially when it came to transfers you know De Laurentiis would be on the you know on the mic every other week talking about transfers he came to Chelsea you know, Granovsky doesn't interview, Abramovich doesn't say anything, and he had to deal with all this, and he just couldn't be bothered with it. That's not his side. I think that's, when it came to the English press conferences, you know, when it's in Italy, and I've experienced it during the Champions League stuff and the Europa League, you know, they're very much more about the tactics and what happens on the pitch, whereas, you know, English football and the English media is generally more about you as a person. We love a rumour. <laughs> just, just to get to <laughs> feel, feel the guy as well. Feel, you know, feel what he's like. Well, no, I just think it's a complete rubbish. It's just, you know, it, it's, we've been associated with people. It's like, like pick a manager, any manager. It's just kind of, you just think, oh, who's who's free and available? Who happens to, <laughs> and who's good looking enough? You know, I enjoyed, other I enjoyed your tweet yesterday. Oh, for, did you for, re- for anyone who hasn't seen this, JK tweeted, a fairly low resolution image of a football boot. It <laughs> uh, said, this is a football boot. Not similar to the kind of football boot that Frank Lampard would be wearing should he become Chelsea it went on for quite a while it did, yeah, no, I but, there were, admit, but I it actually it was one of four that was one <laughs> was of four I don't, if, I don't know if you know yeah you would have seen I'm earlier on up. earlier on there was a there was a picture of Frank and it said this is Frank Lamp because what had happened was somebody had posted a picture of Frank on a boat mm. and it said Frank Lampard on a boat in the Riviera, in Riviera, just round the corner from Roman Abramovich's yacht. I mean, for goodness sake, as if, I didn't know what era it was. <laughs> so I pictured, I put a picture of Frank in a tux and I said, Frank Lampard on Roman Abramovich's <laughs> boat. And uh, with, I think it was, I went through all the players, Torre Andre Flo, <laughs> Aquamarina Gravaskaya, yep. and... Um, and Harry Redknapp is there hitting Dennis Wise because Dennis Wise, of course, says he's, he's not up to being manager, Frank. But also, I then put another picture. And somebody this said, is a birthday cake. Oh, yeah, this is it. Good. Similar yeah, to the one <laughs> about to be cut by Frank Lampard on Roman Abramovich's yacht yeah. at this very moment yeah. before he signs the managerial contract for the Blues for the next four seasons. Harry Redknapp, his uncle, is there and has just hit Dennis Wise, <laughs> which we can, of course, confirm didn't happen. <laughs> It is interesting, though, that there was all this social media but it's every, But it's also every day. He's apparently signing every day, and you get decent papers saying, The Sun, he's signing tonight. Sun's, Sun's put on Twitter, it's happened every day. And then somebody else comes in, what's that one, Gazzetto del, del, del Sport. Yeah, del Sport. Yeah, but... Uh, they just seem to talk absolute rubbish, non-stop. <laughs> well, they, they said are, that Sarri was leaving... Um, and when he when we lost to six uh, nil to uh, to City, mm. sorry to be to be sacked tonight mm. on that. And these are these are supposedly proper papers. But everybody, what it gets me about the whole social media thing is that uh, is that people absolutely believe them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, Jonathan is hooked in completely <laughs> and utterly. But they do, they believe them. I just get, I'm in despair. Is that, and everybody is now completely convinced 
that Frank is coming. Well, we've and, just been told by a man with inside knowledge yeah, that but, he is. But what if it doesn't happen? But Look, it will, it's likely to happen, it, but it hasn't it, specifically. Why is everybody saying it's happening tonight? Why do they all keep saying that? Well, I can't, I can't you don't tell know. you exactly no, no, why no, no. everyone's been saying it, but, I mean, look, uh, things can change. Obviously, they can. I yeah, mean, we've well, seen things that have almost been nailed on to happen. You have to look no, at some transfers that do it. Um, as it stands, you know, Frank well, is, is almost nailed on to be the next Chelsea boss. He could have. He could wake up on Saturday morning and go, actually... Panic! I don't yeah, want to do yeah, it anymore. Absolutely, you can't. You can't guarantee. No, no, no. It's no, no. Happen tell tell me a couple of transfers that should have happened that didn't. That I can. I can then go home and cry about. Uh, well, no, like the Mikel one. He was pictured in the Man United shirt, wasn't he? And, oh, yeah, and yeah, Willian yeah, as well yeah, yeah, was another yeah. one where it was almost guaranteed. Well, but here's, an, here's another, and... another, another example: is that every transfer window, Willian is apparently going to yeah, Barcelona. Yeah. And, but, and Paris Saint-Germain yeah, yes, but, but also what happens is <laughs> the price is now getting less and less and less. It was 60,000, uh, sorry, what am I talking about? Million. 50 million. It's now 30 million. To be fair, that is probably due to his contract as well because he's only got a year yeah, left of this deal right, and right. whereas Hazard yeah, yeah, is still yeah. in We're his prime yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I can understand that side of it but I do, I do know what you mean yeah yeah, yeah. Well, this is a microphone, much like the one that Frank Lampard will be speaking into <laughs> once he becomes Chelsea manager <laughs> Away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home The same goes for McDonald's Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery You in? Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Cheech, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match... And they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month. And you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. This is Love Sport. It's the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio, where we've had a very touching message into the show. It's from Martin Flint, in fact, who um, 
sent something to Chidge, and I just read a bit of it. A bit of this. It's hi, Chidge and the boys, and of course Alex too. She's nowhere to be seen with a kiss. Oh, I say. My name is Martin. <laughs> I'm a 51 year old Chelsea fan. Um, three kids, Ben, Luca, like myself, and two boys are members and go to as many games as I think I, I can. I think the show is fantastic. Oh, great! Thank you. The cast members, so we're not the cast, darling. <laughs> all do a wonderful job, which keeps me informed about what's happening at the club. I want to tell you a story about one of my oldest friends, Chelsea fanatic, season ticket holder, travels the country, the world, following his beloved Blues. At the age of 11, I went to a new school, Dunraven in Streatham. I didn't know anyone as I just moved to Streatham from Brixton. This is where I met Danny Dumbarton, a mad Chelsea fan. Fantastic name. At the time I was going to watch Crystal Palace, my older brother used to take me. So as myself and Danny became friends, he took me to the bridge as an 11-year-old. I was hooked instantly, fell in love with the club, the atmosphere and the blue Chelsea Umbro kit. Wonderful shame. Uh, wonderful shame you can't buy this one anymore. As the years go by and I became a dad, I gradually stopped going to games, but not Danny. To this day, he still goes regardless of prices, etc. Anyway, Dan, Danny is a unique fan. Last week we got a call from another Chelsea lifelong fan, Terry Corkfield, bearing bad news. Danny has been taken into hospital. Danny, 51, still goes swimming three or four times a week at Tooting Lido he used to live in there also still plays football whilst the Lido he unfortunately suffered a heart attack we all feared the worst I myself was shaking but lucky for Danny there was a doctor amongst the six people there performed CPR eventually saved his life he was not breathing for over ten minutes they had to break his ribs to save him he amazingly pulled through he's now on the road to recovery thank God so I was wondering if you guys give him a shout out of course we can Danny Danny Dumbarton the only ways of getting a message from the club to him would be fantastic I'm going to help him in his recovery without Danny I'd probably be a Palace fan <laughs> so I owe him unbelievably for all the good and bad times I've had and for the joyous times I've had with my kids yeah yeah was it 17 trophies in 17 years and uh, as they only know these great times anyway I've just introduced Danny to the podcast get well soon mate I'll keep you soon thanks guys great job keep the blue flag flying high up the blues I know you won't find uh, I know you won't mind um Great stuff. So, well, well done there. Well done, Martin. That's, that's just uh, excellent. So, we've given him a shout-out. So and get any, well soon, And yeah, Danny. get well soon, oh. Danny. I hope everything's OK. Please uh, contact Chidge and tell us how he's doing. Good. All right. Excellent, mate. Well One, done. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. We're still talking Lampard. <gasps> yeah. Who will be wearing football boots, eating birthday cake, talking to microphones <laughs> and all the rest of it. Oliver, as far as you're concerned, who are the players who could benefit from a Lampard managerial reign? I know you've written about this this week. Yeah, I think obviously you look at the lone players that are coming back, they, they're going to get their chance, not just because of Lampard, but also because of the transfer ban. Um, you know, the, the the two youngsters he's obviously worked with quite closely this year, Mason Mount and Fikio Tomori. Tomori obviously being Derby's player of the year as well. Uh, they, they should get at least a chance over the summer, I would have thought, and... Um, you know, seeing as the under-21s have just been dumped out of the Euros tonight, I think that they, uh, they'll they probably come back a bit early to pre-season. Yeah, to Romania. That's not gone down particularly well. Um, you know, and there's, there's it, you people like Loftus-Cheek, I think, is going to get, you know, more of a chance, you have to say. More of a more of a chance just to really... I would really, hope so. He was yeah, so good towards the end of the season. Absolutely. And, you know, I got quite a bit of stick, actually, for the piece I wrote over this, because people were saying, well, Loftus-Cheek did get his chance. And then I was kind of reminded, he only made six starts yeah. and I, knew, I, knew, I know some of that was to do with his back injury obviously he's still got this ongoing back injury and you have to make sure that that's all sorted but that was criminally low for a player who did show just how good he could be towards the end of the season there's so a bullet like quality to him you know, yeah the, absolutely the way that he screens the ball yeah and almost bounces off people he's so enormous In- incredible I, yeah. I mean but he's got the technical ability and yeah. he, he, you know he could, if he can put his mind towards that then he could absolutely be I think he's improved as a person as well I think I get the impression he's got so much more confidence yeah and also he will benefit massively from a guy like Lampard coming back into the system and seeing this guy and, and learning from him 
um, every week, and also Jody Morris and and the like. There, um, you know, the people like Reese James will obviously. Will, do you think I he's think, going to be given a chance? You'd hope Reece, so. Reese James, I think, yeah, will do it, it, now. Could, yeah. yeah, I think obviously Aspilicueta is still probably the number one right back for now, and obviously well, as we would expect, likely to be the club captain next year yeah, as well. Yeah. But Reese James, you know, he's he's shown that he has got all the qualities. He's obviously got a bit of a, an unfortunate injury at the moment as well, which will probably see him out for the summer. Um, so you know, I think that. That Lampard would look at him rather than Zappacosta and, next year. And Frank would be playing in a, a, a very different way to, to Sarri, except he does do a press, doesn't he, Frank? They do, yep. but the Derby were pressing. But Because yep. um, my fear is that I felt that uh, that Dave Aspilicueta had a season of of not really being able to cope with what was required of him. Yeah. Um, in, a, in a sense, I think Kante improved. Uh, I mean, Kante played the way that Sarri wanted, mm. but because Sarri actually wanted him to sit near Jorginho to be a kind of cover for him, but he, he obviously played further forwards. But his his best position, I mean, let's be honest, is this... Yeah. Def- well, def- it's going to be very interesting, actually. That That's another one as well, that the sort of Jorginho-Kante axis uh, this year is yeah. going to be an interesting one to see because it was another point that Sarri made. He didn't feel like... Jorginho could play in a two in midfield, which is always a bit strange to me. Um, so it'd be interesting to see that, and it might actually help, you know, Aspie and and whoever plays on the left, Emerson and Jorginho, to have a, uh, Emerson or Alonso to have a bit more protection down that side. Alonso well. recently said that he had great difficulty in, in, yeah, in performing yeah. the way that was yeah. required. He of was him. he was one of the the one players that really sort of a bit more outspoken obviously Cahill for a, you know but for for a player that was played regularly he said that he actually struggled to what Sarri was trying to get him to do and which is why his performances well, you could, dropped yeah, you could pretty tell dramatically they, which they did absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. but and he then, seemed to improve towards the end of the season yeah, again yeah he did but he ended up you know he lost his spot and he yeah. lost his spot for the bigger games i yeah. think that was the thing for him you know yeah. he lost his spot for you know the, obviously the Europa League final yeah. and and things like that and that's uh, that's a bit of a blow for a player who just signed a new deal and had been a regular for the last two seasons yeah. as well Mm. Coming up, it's time for a brand new feature, our first ever Legend of the Week. This is Love Sport. And this week, Oliver, there was only one man it could be. Petr Cech has to be. I think, you know, it's a close call between that and Frank, but I think uh, we'll wait for Frank Lampard to be next week. Uh, as the, Why uh, is that? Well, when he's finally confirmed, <laughs> I think I think the Petr Cech, you know, I think it's uh, it's quite clear where the uh, the fan loyalties lie when it comes to Arsenal and Chelsea fans over Petr Cech. Um, they're not obviously very happy, but for Chelsea fans, this is this is the start of what feels like I would say a, a bit of a new era um, for a lot of fans. You know, this is a guy who gave Chelsea fans so much success, and uh, along with a lot of other players in that team, but. You know, to see him back in the fold is uh, is pretty great. How good was he in his prime? Great. Best, yeah, the best. Great. I think you know, is particularly when he came back from being kicked in the head in the Reading game, which mm. I was at. It was the most bizarre experience. Were you, were you at that game? I wasn't at the game. No, oh god, because it, you had to wait for about forty minutes mm. while, while he was uh, all the ambulances arrived. So it was and, uh, St- Stephen Hunt, wasn't it? He had and it a was collision a with Stephen Hunt. Skull, I think. Yeah, mm. yeah, 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 and then. Um, uh, Cudicini went in goal and he got injured. Yeah, he got clattered. John Terry and, and John Terry went in goal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was absolutely bizarre, <laughs> bizarre series yeah. of events went on. But it's a, it's, it's a you know a valid point there as well about the injuries. A lot of people just wouldn't have come wouldn't have back, come back from, from that. Just even yeah. with the the helmet and everything, yeah. they still wouldn't have. You know, and I know there was there was some obviously some questions around his his abilities straight after that, but the guy just proved that he was absolutely superb. And as yeah, we said, you know that that Europa League final, he was Arsenal's best player. Yeah. 
and he was you know hanging Some up the boots and, and you could say that his mind was out, could have been elsewhere because he probably knew what was coming he was with Chelsea. upset at the end of the game as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. He? Yeah, he's he really worked up for it. A born as, a, as an Arsenal fan, what did you think uh, of his as performance? A what? Who uh, um, yourself? Where? Uh, so, no, there isn't one in here. Sorry, I made a terrible <laughs> mistake there for I a second. I think if I were an Arsenal fan, yeah. I would have been very impressed. Have you switched switched to someone else? Yeah, I'm a Millwall fan. Are now. you? It's only because it's only they're already in the building. I've got to be careful. Uh, by, by nine o'clock. Yes, by nine o'clock. Yeah, he was Arsenal's best player in that final. I'm interested when we're talking about the ownership of the fans over Petr Cech, whether mm. he's Chelsea or Arsenal. It's very, very clear that he is Chelsea. Who do you reckon in the potential divorce gets Sesk? Oh, that's a good question. That's that's always a... I'll let you have that one, Jake. No, I, don't even, I don't even know what he means. What do you mean gets 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 in? Who do you think in yeah. Sesk Fabregat's 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 in his heart of hearts? Yeah. Who does he prefer, well, Chelsea or Arsenal? I mean, to be fair, you saw him celebrating with the Chelsea fans after the, uh, yeah. Chelsea players after the. He's Europa got to there. No, and I, do, I, you know, he did go into the Arsenal but players he, as well. He could wasn't. legitimately celebrate with Barcelona if they ever won anything, couldn't he? Really, it's difficult as a, as yeah. a player if you've played for all these teams. I always think. Um, well, perhaps who is it? I was always disappointed that Alan Birchnell, who was a Chelsea centre forward in the uh, in the late sixties, ended up playing for Leicester and being their man on the pitch. Who just talked about everything because he was like their big celeb. You know, he was always he was the he was the Neil Barnett, the spy right. of yeah. uh, of of that period. And I was disappointed because he'd played. He was he wasn't he was there or thereabouts in the first team, mm. but he he always wore his his. Oh, I was little. That's why I liked him so much. He, he was a kind of there were characteristics. He was a bit like Dennis Law. He wore his his long sh- his sleeves over his over his hands mm. and stood a little bit like a teapot and uh, <laughs> perhaps it wasn't anything to do with his skills and he had long blonde hair and looked very groovy oh. so that you know that's a groovy kind of, yeah, that's groovy. a word I haven't yeah, heard groovy. yeah but that's a that's a word from that era that's why but I said it deliberately actually Seska's done quite well to, to keep everyone on side mm. you know I think obviously not going directly from yeah, Arsenal to Chelsea point. was yeah. probably and going to Barcelona where he was you know before I think that He's, got, he's kept everyone on the side, really, I think. I think, you know, the only way he could ruin it is if he became Real Madrid so, manager or something. So he could actually... <laughs> then it might be an issue. He, he could legitimately have celebrated with both sides, whoever won the Europa League final. Yeah, absolutely. But, but would he so, have done yeah. that? Would he, well, if, if he was there, perhaps what he was going to do. Yeah, I, I think he probably would. I mean, he... I, do believe that he did go into the Arsenal dressing room as well. So I just don't think he paraded it on social media quite as much because, you know, he's not going to gloat in there. No, no, defeat. no. Defeat. No. Any Arsenal fan who has a problem with Cesc Fabregas for ending up at Chelsea is a moron. Like an absolute dyed in blue, as it were, moron. Because, because Arsenal why, didn't why, offer why him a contract. He? Yeah, mm. at that point, why should Fenger Cesc, didn't want him yeah, back? Why should Cesc not go to Chelsea? Yeah. Let's have a final word on Petr Cech. There were so many good performances, so many clean sheets, but if you had to pick a real standout game, what would you go well, for? Well, of course, the, the Champions, Champions League, League final. final. Yeah, has to be. Yeah, completely I phenomenal. Mean, let's not forget, they, oh. they, it wasn't just that the penalty well, no, saved. No, no, it was, it it was, was everything. Yeah. The, you know, that penalty saved right at the end of the game. It's just yeah. incredible. Yeah. You know, what a... What a, what a Keeper, to be yeah, honest, I mean, yeah. absolutely. But you know, you talk about some of the Premier League all-time what, what, greats. What, what a defensive performance mm. that was as well. Mm. I know they gave away Drogba gave away the penalty, didn't mm. he? The, the, 
the the nitwit at the time. I remember thinking, <laughs> oh, "Get out! Don't be in the pool!" Goes Voldy. But um, from zero to him. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, at the end, uh, uh, the, uh, one of the great moments. I'm afraid I burst out laughing when Dropper went up to take the penalty because I thought this is the most unlikely scenario that I've ever <laughs> watched on a football pitch because they were battered mm. and you had Louise yeah. and Cahill both on one leg <laughs> and uh, and as you say, Czech just playing out of his skin. Yeah, it's a good it point was, that because. It was, Joyous. Well, everyone remembers it as Drogba's night and Drogba's last kick of the game and all of this, but actually, Czech was an absolutely mm. fundamental part of that win, and that's why Petr Czech is this week's Legend of the Week. Hooray! This is Love Sport. We're taking your calls here on the Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. That number is 0208 70 20 558. You can ring us, you can WhatsApp as well. We're joined on the line by Mark, who's calling in all the way from Cincinnati. Good evening, Mark. Do you reckon Lampard is the right fit as manager? Uh, first, I want to say good good afternoon to all, or good evening. Hello. Uh, evening. You're right. It's, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Yeah, doing well. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we're both doing well. Yeah, Ollie and I are doing well. Very good. And Johnny's doing well. I'm all right. Yeah, good. All right. Um, <laughs> with Lampard, it's it's so hard to say because I have no doubt that Frank Lampard can be a great manager. It's just hard to imagine Chelsea being that patient. And and as, as great as Frank coming back is and great as Petr Cech coming back is, there's still a part of me that thinks that this is all still just one giant publicity stunt because we have the ban so you know if if we didn't have this ban would we hire Petr Cech would we bring in Frank Lampard what would we be doing would we focus on playing the youth so it's just I'm sort of skeptical on what exactly the motive is so you know next summer are we going to go right back to what we've been prior to we were before the ban there's just so many unanswered questions and get rid of him you mean after we've, we've let him in you mean do you think he's or let him in or treat him the same as old managers or are we going to go back to buying more experienced players as opposed to trusting youth? Like I just I don't know what we're doing and they don't communicate anything with us. And a lot of this just seems forced, which is not the same thing as doing something on your own volition, at least the way I see it. That's a, that's another interesting point. Actually, we're talking about, you know, rumors and social media. And it's a point Cesar Fabregas made about sort of the club as a whole. They They do have this void when it comes to actually telling the fans what is going on and that is one of the issues when it comes to things like this because you know they don't as we said before you know, Granovskaya never does an interview Abramovich never speaks unless it's about a you know a sort of particular item um, that he's sort of promoting but um, you know and it does cause this sort of vacuum around around what is actually going on and what the, what the long term plan is now look Chelsea's long term plan is to win trophies let's not it is to be successful which, the way they've, that, which, they've, which achieved. they've achieved and they don't really care in a lot of ways how they get there and I completely understand your point I, I do believe if there was no transfer ban I don't think we'd be looking at Frank Lampard but, but, uh, they'd, but, uh, they'd, uh, uh, they'd be going they'd be going no you have a couple more years as manager of Derby try and get them up into the Premier League try and have a season in Premier League manager and then there'll be a job for you at some point um, and I, I feel uh, maybe with Czech I'm not quite so sure I feel like Czech there was always a job there for him even without the ban but with Lampard I, I do completely agree I feel like it's slightly been forced upon them with this transfer ban and they're just going to try and do the best they can and, and hope that it works out Are other clubs more transparent though? Do they state reasons for doing things? I don't think they do do they really? Well, do? well sometimes they do and sometimes they're, they're mocked, mocked for doing it and that's the other issue you know they yeah. all come out with statements and you're thinking well we don't need to know what this but you know I do think that 
when it comes to, to things like this, there's just nothing and nothing and nothing. And then suddenly something happens and then fans are now then, you know, worried about it. Mark, if this time around Lampard gets sacked, is it his only chance at the Chelsea job? I guess it would depend on how exactly he got sacked, I would say. It just depends. I mean, if he gets the, you know, if he gets the Carlo Ancelotti treatment, I don't know if he's going to want to come back. No, it's a very if he good was point. successful somewhere else after he was sacked, then it might be in a position that they might think, yeah, let's get get him could back be, again. Could be the new Gus Hiddink. Mark, thanks yeah. ever so much for your call. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Thanks, thanks, thanks for bringing in. Really great to hear from you. All the way from Cincinnati. Oliver, I want to nail down a few quotes that are being reported from Maurizio Sarri's first press conference as mm. Juve manager because he appears, obviously in translation, to have fired a few shots broadly at Chelsea and sort of at Aiden Hazard as well. Yeah, look, he was when he was talking about Hazard, he, he said it a couple of times during his during his sort of reign at Chelsea that having Hazard in the side meant that defensively they weren't as so cohesive, which is why he played him as the false nine in some of the bigger games, because he wanted more defensive-minded players, Willian and Pedro. Willian and Pedro together. Yeah, yeah. To, yeah. to get that. Yeah. Um, you know, the the thing that I think was uh, probably the standout thing was when he was talking about the individuals. Um, it wasn't just... I think what obviously came across is that he was frustrated more... You can have a superstar, and he's going to have a superstar in Cristiano Ronaldo and his team, but he felt like, I think there were too many players trying to do the same thing as Hazard. And I can only imagine he's looking at the likes of William and Pedro and, and even the strikers in terms of Maratta. And Marata. even Loftus-Cheek to yeah, an extent. Yeah, to an extent that would, you know, they like to have the ball at their feet. They like to dribble. And he was trying to make the point that Na- his Napoli team were one touch and they were they were a team. There was no real standout stars in their side when they got rid of Higuain, obviously. Yeah. Um, he said, in fact, one of the reasons that he didn't think Adoy was ready to play mm. was because his defensive phase wasn't yeah, good enough. absolutely, yeah. And I feel like that's maybe where the likes of Ro- Loftus-Cheek might might benefit from a new manager is just because they will be given that freedom more to go and play and and more of a structure um you know i think that it i don't know how it came to you jk but it came to it felt a bit like to me and he sort of said you know this was the crowning moment in his coaching career and it came across to me as he used chelsea as a bit of a stepping stone and you know he, he as i said before earlier on he's you know when i'm saying that he was saying, oh, you know, I love English football. I'd love to be in the Premier League for a, lo- a long time. And then a week later, circumstances have suddenly changed because Juventus are knocking on the door. And he, he's sort of saying it's too good an opportunity to come back. And I know obviously he had family reasons as well because he's got elderly parents. But it just, think it was also something in- came across that it just felt like, you know, he wasn't appreciated by the fans. He didn't no, enjoy no, no, that, no. obviously. And he felt, right, now now I can move on. And I've, I've won a trophy. I've proved myself that I can win. I can win things. And now I've got this opportunity to win Italy and I'm going to go do it. I got the impression, whether he did this deliberately, they didn't really care what the fans felt. No. But but possibly he did. And possibly that was just all yeah. a mask. And in yeah. actual fact, he didn't enjoy not being the... The uh, yeah. not being popular enough. I, th- I think you'd, you'd, you know, you'd, there wouldn't be many managers that would come into a press conference after some of the things that were said about them and, and say, you know, oh, I crumbled, I really hated it because he wants to stand strong and, and sure. be seen to be have thicker skin than that. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think some of those chants in Stamford Bridge and, and you know, some of the things Cardiff that went was on. Apparently the, uh, yeah, the worst, Cardiff, Cardiff was pretty bad. It's sort of obviously Bournemouth 
kicked it off really oh. in that level and then there were some well, times at home as well that the, it was the, away, really bad. the away fans are very separate from the home fans yeah. and i have to say watching football with the away fans is a completely different mm. experience than, than the bridge yeah what, what's it like uh it's exhilarating it really is it's because it's it's non-stop mm. they, they do not stop chanting they do not stop singing and uh, the little the little lulls, you think, what's happened? What's going on? And they're all they're, there's a kind of camaraderie that because it's three thousand supporters all together or, or less, mm. um, they're there to try and and not intimidate necessarily, but outshout and yeah. and have their their presence felt. And uh, it's um, if they're not happy, and lots of them don't go to the bridge as oh, well. Really? Yeah. So uh, why is that? Um, I think lots of them live around the, around the country. They live all over the and they'd rather. It's difficult to get tickets for the bridge, so they'd rather, if they can, get a, get an away away ticket. And it, as I say, it's a, a completely different experience. It's almost like old Chelsea, what the shed would have been like before when it was standing. Um, and it's uh, it's not for the faint-hearted. Oh. It's uh, it, it's uh, I. I, I I always feel there's a pressure for you if you're not singing, if you're not involved, you ought to be doing it. As I spend most of my week, you know, perf- per- trying to perform and performing in things, I'm almost quite, I just want to watch a game of football. You know? <laughs> I want to rest, I wanna I wanna rest, rest my voice. Rest my voice. <laughs> but I've had people say to me, come on, mate, you're not singing. Come on. Right. What's the matter with you? Do you go, uh, excuse me, I do quite a bit of voice acting. And actually, <laughs> That's exactly I, what I say. Actually. I need, excuse I need me, some my, honey my, vo- my voice is terribly delicate. If you don't mind, I'm going to whisper. <laughs> all right, I will sing. I know all the songs, but I'm going to whisper it. Okay. Carefree, whatever you may be. And I'll do it like that, of course. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to ask you both about Fernando Torres. He's announced mm. his retirement. Didn't hit the heady heights at Chelsea, but did score an iconic goal. How will he be remembered at the bridge? He'll be remembered for the uh, taking the corner that Didier Drogba scored from and the uh, the semi-final goal against Barcelona, mm. which I have to say was almost practically a fluke because he'd given the ball away and he'd almost given up and he's walking back and he got Although handed I, I, it on a plate. I was watching that again today, obviously, it was it was around quite a bit and that first touch was outstanding. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely Well, the, the dilemma I have is, uh, is I watched the 6-0 Arsenal mm. of destruction of Arsenal on Wenger's, uh, Wenger, sorry, not Wenger, Wenger's uh, thousandth game and you forget how good the team was. Mm. And he's not bad. He's, no. he's not as bad as, as I remember him thinking he was. Yeah. And well, it's because you're now comparing him to Higuain. No, no but, that's, but, but it's absolutely the <laughs> yeah, truth. No, yeah, it is absolutely right. Rather than Drogba. Yeah. yeah, because the standard of the team was so fantastic. And this mm. is one of the dilemmas with Chelsea, why they've let this go over the last few years. Because... I mean, that was just a really top team. Mm. And the pressure they put on everybody saying, oh, it's a terrible performance from Arsenal. They weren't given an earthly by that by that side. And uh, I'm sorry to remind you of that. But I didn't remind mean to... Who? Remind who? Sorry, the Millwall fan. <laughs> the Millwall fan there. <laughs> but but think... no, but it, it, and it makes you realise, really, why the, why have the board let this slip? Mm. That's the other aspect yeah. about watching Chelsea, is if that was really a top, top side then. And Torres, t- some lovely little... He scored a great goal. And some lovely little bits and pieces. And yeah. yet we were all saying, not up to it. Need a better player for centre-forward. I mean, when he was at Liverpool, oh, he that was, was absolutely... Out of this the best world. striker in the world. No, that, oh, was, he was. No, that was, unfortunately, set his own standard. Yeah, and, he never, and he then never achieved that. Yeah. And yet, some still some pretty good stuff. Absolutely, but then, yeah. then occasionally he'd do exactly what Higuain did, was hit the ball against his own foot and the ball go yeah. for a you know, goal yeah, kick. Yeah, so. he never quite... 
the, the the price tag obviously never quite matched up to well, it. I think he was injured. Then. I think he yeah, got injured, and he, didn't he? He was just, you know, he was unfor- and there was a lot of people that wanted him to fail outside of Chelsea, obviously. That, yeah. that were on him and every mistake. Everyone in Liverpool. <laughs> Absolutely, everybody in Liverpool. Yeah, and yeah. and generally around that, because back then, you know, that was a, that was big money for a striker. I mean, Huge. that's that's nothing now. No. Fifty million is is a slightly more than a drink water. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, and back Half then, an so hour and one second. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone's thinking, well. You know, we you know, we don't want him to succeed. Every time he missed, was laughed out out of the out well, of the country. I've watched, um, watched some of those games on which Chelsea TV, which is no longer going to be. They don't know how we're going to watch these games on the on the app, but because the they, app. Chelsea TV is disappearing. But um, watching Kalu, mm. who I despaired of at the time, because he would miss a number of times. He would actually be two yards from the goal for a tap in and hit. I don't know how he did it. Hit the ball over the bar, but even he was displaying some you know some really excellent touches. Yeah. And it's because we haven't had decent strikers for the last mm-hmm. the last two years really that it makes no, agree, you forget yeah. how how uh, since Costa there's yeah been, so, you know, well, it's been a, yeah well, it cost a parade of a, a, yeah, a parade <laughs> of misfits and yeah, uh, and idi- idiocy yeah so you'll remember Torres fondly um for not achieving what he could have achieved um or should have achieved uh, he'll go down as, as not being quite the the proper article, but um, but yeah, for his contribution in the in the in the semi final and the final of the uh, of the Champions League, yes, I will. I think it was it was um, it summed up by the fact that he came on as a sub in the Champions League final. I mm. thought that was right, but he did provide the corner. Um, he, he won the corner. So Matt, and the, Matt and the Europa League corner. final as well. and the Europa League the final. Europa yeah, final, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, sorry, Matter took the corner. It was he, he got the corner because he came just right in front of me. I remember it well. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to lead the line for Chelsea this season? I mean, I think probably Giroud to start with. I would have thought is is the most likely candidate. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a bit of a shootout between Batshuayi and Abraham, who gets the second spot. I can't imagine there being three strikers on yeah. the books. You know, it's not something that's generally heard of a lot of the times this year. I feel like Abraham's probably going to get the nod over Batshuayi, I would have thought. I think that, um, you know, he's got a lot more going for him just in terms of homegrown talent and things like that is another thing. And, and don't forget, Chelsea have something of a homegrown issue when it comes to the quota yeah, they need for the Premier less, League and the Champions moment, League. Everyone. Well, there's no Cahill, obviously. Yeah. You know, if they want to do get rid of the likes of Danny Drinkwater, that's another player. Because so. you forget we're in the Champions League. Yeah, so absolutely. Do you and think you, you need they, that and they can't buy anybody. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. so, they, you know, you do need this quota of players, which I do think... Uh, Abraham will probably get the nod. Mm, well, lots to look forward to. It's been a sensational Chelsea fan show. It's coming to the end. It's been a pleasure, Oliver, to be joined by you in the studio. Oliver Harbord, Chelsea correspondent for Football.London. And I think you're all going to have to join us next week on the Chelsea fan show because Frank Lampard will be wearing slippers. Is he coming in? Eating cake. <laughs> He'll be on a yacht and he might just maybe, just possibly, oh, JK... Be the new Chelsea manager. Well, we'll that would see be you lovely because I'll be excited by that. <laughs> Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? 
at participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.